series today uh, entitled Revive. Uh, Revive, uh, as I mentioned earlier, starting our uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting uh, uh, starting today. And so asking for you to uh, prayerfully consider, you know, with your family, what the Lord may be leading you uh, to fast from and spend that time uh, in intentional prayer, uh, just seeking, seeking the heart of God um, and asking for him to do a work in your uh, your heart and life. And so uh, before we dive into the message today, again, just want to say welcome uh, once again. So glad that you're here with us at Tyler Town Church. Uh, we are part of the Living Hope family, one family, multiple locations, uh, and uh, so glad that you're here. My name is Irvin Wass. We'll serve as the campus pastor here, uh, and just wanted to give a couple of quick announcements in regards towards our 21 days of prayer uh, before we dive into the Word together. Just a reminder, number one, uh, part of this 21 days of prayer and fasting is going to consist of uh, nights of prayer that we're going to be doing on Wednesday nights, uh, starting the this coming Wednesday, the 12th. We'll go the 12th, 19th, and the 26th, uh, happening at 6 30 here uh, and these are going to be like our old, you know those old school prayer meetings right from back uh, back in the day where we gather together um, and uh, worship the Lord right and also spend time uh, seeking his face man and asking for him to do a work man uh, and so we'd love for you to come and join us like I said we'll have worship here um, for those of you who have uh, students in our preteen and student ministries we won't have any activities for them but we're inviting you to come as a family uh, and join us in worship and uh, in time of prayer uh, at 630 uh, we will have child care available for ages five and under at that time uh, as well. So make sure you join us on uh, those three Wednesdays. Uh, and then a reminder on the 30th, right, which is the last uh, day of our um, 21 days of prayer and fasting, we, uh, we will have a night of worship uh, taking place at our Sango location. Uh, January 30th at 5 p.m. Uh, off exit 11 there. And so it's going to be a great time in the Lord. Make sure you come to that. Uh, and uh, during that service, uh, there's going to be a time uh, where we're going to invite folks to come uh, that may need a healing, right? Uh, Brother Ed, I'm glad God is still in the business of healing people. Amen. Do you believe that? God's still in the business of healing folks. Uh, and so on that day, we're going to invite folks to come right, uh, that uh, you know may at, want prayer for healing, right? Uh, ailments and stuff that they have going on in their life. And so we're going to anoint them with oil and, and uh and ask for the Lord, plead with the Lord to heal them. And so uh, you make sure to join us. It's going to be a great time in the Lord, lifting them up um, and celebrating our culmination um, of our time um, going through 21 days of prayer and fasting. Uh, lastly, and then we'll dive into the text, this book here, 21 uh, Days of Deeper Prayer, is a resource that we're encouraging folks to walk through during this series. We have it outside in our foyer area, just on the other side of this wall here. You'll see a table set up. Uh, feel free to grab one. We're asking for a $5 do donation, but if you ain't got five bucks, it's all right. Uh, make sure you grab one. And we also have some available for kids uh, as well, 21 Days of Prayer for Kids, a kids resource uh, that you can grab as well. Well, with that being said, if you got a Bible, turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel chapter 37, uh, middle of the Old Testament there. Uh, those of you who may not know where it is, um, it's uh, in the middle of the Old Testament. Uh, if you're needing help on finding the exact page, uh, the page is 566 in my Bible. If you have the exact same Bible as I got, which you probably don't, and so can't help you there, just go to the index if you need help finding it. Uh, but uh, but Ezekiel chapter 37 is where we're going to be um, pretty familiar passage talking about revival, right, uh, that we're going to look at here. We're going to look at verses one uh, through ten uh, today. Uh, but before we jump in, I, I'm excited about this new year, excited about what the Lord has in store, you know, uh, for us as a church in large, uh, but also personally excited for what the Lord is going to do. 
Uh, but here is the truth of the matter. Here's the truth of the matter. I'm just going to just dive right in, just keep it 100 with you. Listen, we need revival. We need revival. We need the Lord to revive our hearts again. Uh, we, we need it. And, and what a great way to start the new year out, right, in us seeking uh, the heart of God and asking for him to bring forth revival in our hearts, man, to bring an awakening uh, in our hearts. And so that's what we're going to look at today. I've entitled the sermon simply this, Lord, bring revival. Lord, bring revival. Before we see what that looks like, I, I was looking at, at definitions for what revival uh, means, right? Uh, and I stumbled across this definition, which I feel like uh, really encompasses uh, the definition of the word and what God desires for us to uh, accomplish. This, this is what revival is. Revival refers to a spiritual reawakening from a state of dormancy or stagnation in the life of a believer. It encompasses the resurfacing of a love for God, an appreciation for God's holiness, a passion for his word and his church, a convicting awareness of personal and corporate sin, a spirit of humility, and a desire for repentance and growth in righteousness. Man, that's what the Lord desires for us to be able to experience in this new year, and for him to wake us up. But we need him in order to do that. Uh, and so with that being said, Ezekiel chapter 37. If you're there, let me know that you're there by saying there. If you don't have a Bible, it's all right. The verses will be on the screen. You can follow along. But this is what the word of the Lord says. It says this, the hand of the Lord was upon me and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. And it was full of Bones. Just real quick context, right? Ezekiel, a prophet of the Lord, called by God to, to speak his word to uh, the people of Israel. But man, it is a tough season, right? At this point in time, Israel has been in exile. They've been captured and they've been in exile for several years. A lot of scholars believe 10 or so years. And Ezekiel, man, he's tried to be faithful, right? Sharing, you know, harsh truth, but truth with these people. And the people of Israel, man, they're what you call them stubborn, hard-headed folks. They just don't get They just aren't listening. They're still doing their own thing. And so Ezekiel's tired, right? The people of Israel, they're downtrodden because any hope that they had about God restoring them, right, in their minds is long gone because they've been in exile for all these years. It is a tough place. And so in the midst of that, we see God, right, uh, bring Ezekiel on. It's not necessarily out of Ezekiel's uh, uh, volition, right, that he's in this valley. God brings him, leads him by his spirit out into the middle of nowhere in this valley. And we see what takes place after that. Verse 2, and it says this, He led me around among them, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley. And behold... They were very dry. Talking about the bones there. And he, talking about the Lord, said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered him and said this, O Lord God, you know, right? Uh, Not a very convincing answer. You've probably been there before when someone asks you about a question. It's like, man, hey, you know, man. You know the answer. Yeah, you know that. Right? Uh, Ezekiel, man, he, he knew of God and his power, but he wasn't quite sure because of where he was. Uh, in his season of life, man, if God was truly able to do that. And so we see his response there. In verse 4, it says this, Then 
He said to me, prophesy to the, over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. And I will lay sinew, tendons upon you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you. And you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a sound and behold, a rattling and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked and behold, there were sinews on them and flesh had come upon them and uh, skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. And so I prophesied as he commanded me and breath came into them and they lived and stood on their feet an exceedingly great army. Lord, bring revival. Our Christian life, man, the, the purpose of it isn't just to live a life full of just checking boxes off. Live a life full of uh, being nominal in our worship, in our de- devotion and desire for God. Man, God wants more for us. Man, he wants for us to experience revival. Man, but he's got to bring it. Lord, bring revival. Why don't we pray together? Lord, we love you. God, we pray over these next few moments that you'd speak to us, Lord. And Lord, bring revival. In our midst, God. I bring revival. Lord, speak to us. Lord, meet us here today. We love you. We thank you. And we ask these things all in your gracious and heavenly name. Amen. And amen. Here in Ezekiel 37, we see three truths regarding when revival begins. What we see take place, man, we see, we see a revival service take place. We see revival service take place here in Ezekiel 37, man. We see three truths from the text on how revival is to begin, man, in our hearts and in the hearts and lives of people. The first truth we see is this. Hey, friends, listen, revival begins when we choose to face reality. Hey, revival begins when we choose to face reality. Going back to the text, verses 1 and 2, man, God brings Ezekiel out to uh, this graveyard, if you will, in the middle of the valley. All these bones, right, are, are down there, man, of deceased soldiers, dry, arid, there's nothing going on there, right? It, it's a picture, right, of, man, the people of Israel in their current state, man, they were, they were far from God, they were dry, were dry. And Ezekiel himself, man, found himself in that spot, even though he was a dude that was, man, faithful, Right, sharing the truth of God. He wasn't seeing anything. Man, that, that had an impact on his life. And so, man, the Lord brings him out to this field, man, to show him reality, to have him face the reality of the situation. Man, hey, something needs to happen here. Something needs to take place. Man, revival begins whenever we begin to face reality of the fact that we truly need it. That's when it begins. Reminds me of my time in uh, seminary in New Orleans. When, uh, you know, I was leaving, uh, you know, some friend's house, we were doing homework or something, and, uh, you know, we ate, kind of hung out, and I remember walking back to, uh, to where I lived, and, you know, those, those kind of inner thoughts you have in your head, I don't know if you're like me, man, you know, I have inner thoughts in my head, obviously, about stuff I'm going to do, you know, but also currently what's going on in the situation, you know, currently what's going on at that time. I'm walking, and, you know, I remember as I'm walking, man, I'm thinking, dude, 
I don't know what, you know, if it was that lasagna or, or what, but man, my breath stank. You know, you ever had those like in the thoughts? I remember just thinking, man, my breath was smelling bad. So, man, I pulled out a mint, you know, put, you know, popped it in. And maybe you're like me, right, that, uh, you know, struggles to multitask at really anything, right? I found out in that moment that I struggled, right, to walk while eating a breath mint. And so I put that mint in and I'm beginning walking, man, and I start choking on the mint. True story. I start choking on the mint. And so I'm thinking, what, what is going on? What do I need to do right now? And so I remember turning back to the, um, you know, to the apartment, apartment where I was coming from, man, you know, do, having a brisk walk, brother Ben. I didn't want to run because I thought that'd make it worse. So, you know, having a, walking briskly back to the apartment area over there. And thankfully it was probably a God thing, right? I ran into the nurse of the seminary. He was walking up to, uh, to his apartment. And so I was able to connect with him and tell him, Hey, I'm choking, man. I need, I need some help. I need some help. Now here was, here's the thing, brother Tom. In that moment, I didn't need for the nurse, right, to give me a tutorial on what it looks like to eat a breath mint and walk at the same time. I didn't need for him to, you know, uh, spell out, right, uh, you know, what it looks like choosing this breath mint over the other one. What I needed was something to help my ailment, right? And thankfully, he provided that. He provided water. In that moment, right, I faced the reality of the fact that I needed to take care of this situation that I had, man. I was faced with that reality. Faced that reality. And listen, in the same way, man, whenever it comes to our Christian life, listen, what we don't need, right, are, are necessarily more programs and, and more checklists, right, in our own personal Christian life. Man, that, that's not what we need. What we need, right, is, is the revival fire from the Lord, man, to come and meet us, come and meet us and shake us up. Man, what we need is for the Lord to come and stir our affections for him more deeply and move us to be folks, man, that are sold out for him. That's what we need. But in order to experience that, man, you've got to face the fact that you truly do need it. You've got to face that reality. Because here's the deal. It, it doesn't matter where you are. It's so easy. So easy to find yourself, right, in a place of dormancy, to find yourself in a place of dryness for many different reasons. Maybe you're this person. Maybe you're in here and, and you know, what's happened is you've let the, the heat of anger and bitterness in your life choke out your desire to love people and to love God. Maybe you're in here and in light of all that's taken place last year, you've allowed for the anxiousness and the fear, right, of the unknown, right, choke out your faith and desire, man, to follow God and what He may be calling for you to do. The call for us is to choose to accept the fact that that's where we are and choose to respond as a result. And choose to run to him. The call isn't for us to put on a mask. Try and disguise. Right where we are. Where we truly are. With pretty makeup and. All that stuff. No, no, no. The call for us is to truly assess where we are. In our walk with the Lord. And understand that man if we are dry man. We got to choose to run to him. Got to choose to run to him. So here's the question. Are you in a dry spot today? Do you identify with Ezekiel in that valley? Is that you? Is that you? Has your faith been choked out? Listen, if that's you, man, hey, good news is all you got to do is turn around. Oh, man, Irv, man, it's been a long time since I've heard from God or spent time with him. Man, oh, it's, it's been a tough time. Hey, listen, all you got to do is turn around. By the way, he's right where you left him. All you got to do is run back to him. Oh, Irv, man, hey, listen, man, I... This anger and bitterness that I have, it, it's too, it's, it's too deep, man. I can't, I can't get rid of it. 
Well, then listen, you're not going to experience, man, the revival rain, the revival fire from the Lord. Listen, the first step, man, in, in revival, revival begins when we choose to face reality of the fact that we need it. Maybe sin has choked out your faith, right? Uh, sin addiction. Listen, all you got to do is choose to turn around, man. Choose to repent and run to him, man. And he's willing to restore you. It's the first truth that we see today, man. Ezekiel faced the reality of the fact that, man, something needed to take place. He needed revival. Second truth that we see here is this. Hey, revival begins, friends, when we choose to return to faith. Revival begins when we choose to return to faith. Look what happens. Going back to the text here, right? After uh, Ezekiel is led around these bones and is seeing, right, just, uh, you know, how that valley there is super dry. The Lord asked this question. And, and I, you know, the Lord said, and he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, Oh, Lord God, you know. You know. From a human perspective, right, it would seem quite preposterous to think that, these bones, right, uh, of dead folks would be able to rise and become flesh again from a human standpoint. Ain't no way. Ain't no way. But God asked the question, right, perhaps to test Ezekiel's faith, and we see his answer, right, in response. Oh, God, you, you know, I, you know I'm, not, I'm not quite positive, but, but you know. Testing his faith there in that moment of what God could do. Here's the truth today. I'll go ahead and put this, throw this in for your charge today. Hey, a lot of us miss experiencing revival in our own hearts because we have lost faith in the God that's able to bring revival. Lost faith in the God that's able to bring revival. Even though it seems preposterous that uh, these bones could become flesh, listen, we serve the God, man, that, that turns graves into gardens like we just sang about. We serve the God that is able to restore, to reconcile. We serve the God that is able, right, to bring that person that's far from God back into a relationship with Him. We do serve the God that's able to, to change the trajectory of, right, to, uh, the direction of that wayward child. We, 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 that's the God that we serve. Serve Him. And so for us, right, our, our response, if we want to experience revival, right, is to learn from Ezekiel and, and choose to return to faith and choose to believe in the truth. That he is able to do what he says he's able to do. And give testimony to that reality, right? Because, man, we've seen him do it before. Seen him do it before. And so listen, revival begins when we choose to return to faith. I love this statement in one of the commentaries I read this, uh, this morning, right? Pertaining to this call to return to faith. It says this, although this passage doesn't teach on the resurrection of the body... The implications are certainly present. The God who raised up a dead nation and reestablished it in its homeland is certainly capable of raising up a dead body, regardless of how deep into rebellion and wickedness the individual has gone. God can restore him and make him a new person in Christ Jesus. The same God who breathed into man and breathed into man the breath of life in Eden can transform a sinful life and make it anew in Christ Jesus. Amen. That's the God that we serve. And so for us, if everyone experience revival, we've got to choose to return to faith. What does that look like? A, it looks like this, choosing to be folks that trust in what God says. Be folks that trust in what God says. 
God said, right after he asked Ezekiel the question, hey, can these bones live? God said, all right, here's what I want you to do. I want you to prophesy, right, speak to the bones, right, and here's what's going to happen. Those bones, right, they're going to take on tendons, flesh, sinew, all that stuff. They're going to take on all that, and then they're going to be an army. And and I'm going to be glorified for it. Right, God said what was going to happen. And so for us, right, returning to faith looks like trusting in the fact that he's able to do that. Able to do that. I'm going to ask one more time, man. Do you believe that God is able today? Or is the God that you worship in, in a little box that you pull out every once in a while and then you put back in there, put him back in there whenever you don't need him and want to do your own thing? And is he able? Is he able? The God I serve is. God I serve is. Look, look at these scriptures here. 2 Corinthians 1, 20. It's on the screen here, right? I love it. It says this, for all the promises of God find their yes in him. That is why it is through him we utter our amen to God for his glory. For all the promises of God find their yes in him. Friends, hey, the promises that we see in scripture, right, that God Highlights for us, man, whenever we choose to call on his name and he hears us and is able to respond, man, those promises there, man, they're yes and amen in him. And so, man, we can trust that he's able, trust that he's able to do, trust that he is able to restore, able to bring, man, folks back into fellowship with him. We can trust, man, that he's able to grow that believer. We can trust that he's able to bring revival in our own hearts. We can trust in him, trust in him. But also Ephesians chapter three, verses 20 and 21, look what it says. It says this, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Listen, friends, revival begins when we first choose to trust in what the Lord says. Trust in what the Lord says. And then what it looks like to return to faith is simply this, choosing to obey what he says. Verse 7, Ezekiel, right, his response after God shared is that he went out and prophesied. Man, he obeyed the Lord. He responded in prophecy. Real quick, I'll talk to you a little bit about what prophecy is, right? Uh, We think that prophecy is some, you know, uh, mystic thing, if you will. No, no. Prophecy is giving a timely word, right, from God's word to a fellow believer, right, for edification and encouragement. Giving a timely word from God's word, right, to a believer. For edification, right? And, and we see Ezekiel, man, hey, he, he, he prophesies, man, he speaks truth into uh, these bones here. And what that looks like for us, man, is, is st- choosing to speak truth. The lives of those that are around us, man, to uplift them, to encourage them. First Corinthians 14, verses 1 through 3, look what it says. It says this, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and um, consolation. Right? The purpose of prophecy, man, is to speak truth in the life of people. Here, here, Here it is. If we want folks, if we want us personally and folks around us to experience revival, what that looks like. Right, is shifting the tone of conversation in and around the folks that we're around. 
What do you mean by that, Pastor? What that looks like is this, us moving from, right, the shallow conversations, which I'm the king of, by the way. I'm good at having a you know, shallow conversation with somebody. Oh, you know, how's everything going? How's your family? How's the weather? How's sports? Right, sh- shifting from our conversation, right, the extent of our conversation being that, too. Right, stepping in and speaking truth in love, man, to, to our fellow believers, looking to edify and encourage them, right, to walk with the Lord. That's what it looks like. Man, if we want folks around us, man, to experience life, experience revival, man, we got to speak truth and love to them. What that looks like, by the way, in order to do that is actually being in the Word. Being in the Word. You can't speak the Word, man, if you aren't in it. And so what that looks like for us is, man, obeying what God says, man, by speaking truth and love to people. That's a problem. And so for us in here, right, it's, being honest and real, man, as we're walking with God, as we hear of stuff that's going on in the lives of those that are around us, the struggles, right, the joys, man, we step in and we speak truth to that. That's what prophecy looks like, man. That's what obedience looks like here in the text. Not only do we see it in prophecy, but we also see it in uh, prayer as well. It's not explicitly talked about here, but we know in the scripture it talks about how, you know, if we want to see revival take place, right, it's through prayer, Right, and being obedient to God and seeking Him out in prayer. Second uh, Corinthians or Second Chronicles, verse uh, chapter seven, verse fourteen, says it this way: If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. And so, let's choose to also pray and ask for the Lord to bring revival. Firstly, we know that revival begins. Right, with us facing reality. Secondly, we know that revival begins with us choosing to return to faith. Man, believe that God's able to do what he says he's able to do. Then thirdly and lastly, we see that revival begins when we choose to rely on the Spirit. Revival begins whenever we choose to rely on the Spirit. Here's what's interesting. If you look back at the text here, it says Ezekiel, he prophesied. Right, it said that those, you know, bones connected together. Right, we said that tendons, right, uh, you know, started attaching. Flesh began to come on each of the different bodies. But one thing was missing. They were lifeless. Lifeless. One thing was missing. And the reason why they were lifeless, right, is because, man, the, the key ingredient of it all was missing. And that was the Spirit of God. Spirit of God. It says prophesy to the breath. That word breath in the original language uh, is the word ruach, which speaks of, you know, breath, right, wind, but also speaks of God's Holy Spirit. Uh, and so the call here, right, that God gave Ezekiel after he noticed that there was these uh, uh, these people were, were lifeless was to call on the Spirit of God, right, to step in and enter into the lives of these people. And whenever the Spirit of God entered into the lives of those people, man, they had life. They had life. It reminds me of uh, uh, my upbringing whenever I was a little kid. Um, My favorite movie of all time, and I might have mentioned it before, my favorite movie of all time as a kid was the movie Toy Story. Uh, Toy Story 1, right, I believe it's, you know, top two Disney Pixar movie of all time, and it's not number two. And so it is an awesome movie. Um, but I, I just love, obviously, the, you know, the plot, the whole story of these toys, right, that, uh, 
you know, go from inanimate to, you know, having life and they're living life, doing their own thing. And, and I remember it inspiring me as a kid to, um, you know, uh, uh, wish for my toys to be able to do the same thing. I remember, you know, uh, uh, collecting a whole bunch of G.I. Joes as a kid. And I didn't, you know, do the typical G.I. Joe thing, you know, pretend like they fought and stuff. Um, you know, I, like I said, I, I was a big sports nerd since, I mean, I came out the womb. And so, man, I pretended that, all right, you know, this group of five G.I. Joes, they're the Los Angeles Lakers. And they're playing against, you know, this group of five, you know, the Dallas Mavericks. They're playing a full game. And I remember, you know, trying to, you know, play with them and act like they're dunking and shooting and stuff and talking, you know, to them, you know, and, and pretending like they were able to talk and trying to manipulate all that. But here's the thing, Brother Josiah, it didn't matter how, how hard I tried, right, to manipulate them trying to be, you know, trying to have life, right, them trying to be actual uh, people. It didn't matter how, how hard I tried to do that. At the end of the day, they were still inanimate, still inanimate. It didn't matter how much I did. I, I could talk. I could name them, you know, I could name this one Shaquille O'Neal. I could name this one, you know, Kobe Bryant. It, they weren't going to become those two. They were still toys, inanimate. Listen, in the same way, we see here, right, that it didn't matter how hard Ezekiel preached to, you know, those bones there. Even though they took on flesh and sinew, right, they were missing the key ingredient, God's Spirit. God's Spirit. And and for us in here today, it doesn't matter how much stuff we we try and do for God. It doesn't matter how much, you know, we, we try to manipulate Right to bring in revival in our life. It doesn't matter how much uh, uh, checklist that we check off in our Christian life. Here's the reality. Without the Spirit of God, there's no life. Without the Spirit of God, you're, you're not going to experience revival. And your Christian life is going to be here. It's going to be inanimate. It's going to be inanimate. And so listen, in order for uh, revival begins, right? In order for us to experience revival, we, we've got to rely on the Spirit of God. Not on our own vices. Listen, I could, I could preach, I could preach to you, right? I could scream at you like I'm screaming right now, getting fired up, right? I, I could preach to you as hard as I can, man. But listen, there's, there's not going to be any change without the Spirit of God coming in your life. We need the Spirit. We need to rely on the Spirit. And that's what we see take place here. Here's the reality. Our, our obedience to the Lord, like we just talked about earlier, right? And Ezekiel's obedience to the Lord and seeing the flesh and the sinew come you know, the body begin to assemble. Listen, that, that's important. Our, our, you know, call to, uh, to prophesy and speak truth in the lives of those that are around us. The call for us to uh, pray, right, and seek the Lord and ask for Him to be, bring revival. Man, that, that's all important. It's all important. But here it is. Hey, those are the seeds that are being planted. The Spirit of God is the rain that comes and brings forth the revival. Brings forth the harvest. And so for us as people of God, what that looks like is us choosing to rely on the Spirit. Real quick, let me, quick aside, let me just remind you about who the Holy Spirit is, right? So who, uh, not a what, right? A, a lot of folks believe, um, you know, based on, right, the use of that word ruach in uh, Ezekiel 37, a lot of folks believe that the Spirit of God is just simply the breath of God. No, no, no. Holy Spirit of God is God, third person of the Trinity. Third person of the Trinity. That resides in the life of the believer. And the Holy Spirit of God, man, it's important. Right? Where the Holy Spirit of God is, there is life. True life. And that's what the Spirit of God brings. Real quick, just a reminder, right, about the Holy Spirit of God. Right? The Spirit of God, hey, brings first and foremost saving 
life. It's the Spirit of God that draws us to salvation. Ephesians chapter 2 tells us that we were dead in our trespasses and sins. But whenever the gospel was shared to us, right, our eyes were opened up, illuminated to the fact that, man, we're in need of a Savior. We responded by turning from our sins and trusting in God. It was the Spirit of God that drew us, right, to make that decision. And whenever we turned from our sins and trusted in Christ, the Spirit of God did what is called regeneration, right, the changing of the heart. Changes from having a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. Right, the Spirit of God, man, leads to saving life. The Spirit of God, right, leads uh, to sanctifying life. First Peter 1, verses 1 and 2 says this, To those who are elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father and the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Christ Jesus. It's through the Spirit of God that we grow in our Christian life. You can't manufacture growth. It's through the Spirit of God. That you grow in the Christian life. Hey, the Spirit of God, right, brings forth sustaining life. Jude one twenty four. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. To him be the glory. Man, the Spirit of God sustains us, enables us to continue to walk this Christian life. Hey, we can't walk this Christian life on our own. We need community, but most importantly, we need a Spirit. We need a Spirit in order to continue to walk with him. Right, and then lastly, right, the Spirit of God brings satisfying life. John 6, 63. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is of no help at all. No help at all. Listen, what Ezekiel saw, right, at the end of the day was that it was the Spirit of God that brings life. It's the Spirit of God that brings the change, man. It's God that brings it. And so for us, man, the call is to rely on His Spirit. To walk in His Spirit. To ask for His Spirit to come and invade. Which, by the way, Luke eleven thirteen talks about that. Jesus says, hey, listen, you know, the earthly father, man, right, whenever his son asks for bread, right, he doesn't give him a snake. He gives him bread. Man, how much more greater, man, is your heavenly father who's able to give you, right, Spirit, whenever you ask for the Spirit to come. And all we got to do is ask if we want the Spirit to come and invade. We do is ask Him. That's what Ezekiel saw, and that's what we need to understand today. We want to see revival, man. It's relying on the Spirit of God. Here it is. It's understanding what Zechariah 4, 6 says. Not by power nor by might, but by my Spirit, declares the Lord. It's understanding that reality. Revival begins whenever we choose to face reality. Ezekiel faced reality in that valley. God took him around those bones, walked around those bones, and he saw that, man, something needed to happen here. He was dry. Valley was dry, but he was dry as well. Revival begins when we face reality. Secondly, revival begins whenever we return to faith. Ezekiel experienced a little bit of a faith crisis there. With God asking him that question, man, God was testing his faith for us in here, man. Where are we at? Do we believe that God is able and to bring forth change and growth in our life? Then thirdly and lastly, revival begins when we choose to rely on the Spirit. We choose to rely on the Spirit. I'll I'll end with this. Take you back again in time. Not as far back, you know, as I was talking about with Toy Story earlier. I'll take you back to the year 2012. 2012. Most of you remember that year. For me, I was a sophomore in college and was traveling with this ministry group called The Herd. I've talked about them before, but was traveling with this ministry group called The Herd, and we had a little weekend event 
in the middle of nowhere, Louisiana. For those of you who are familiar with that area, it was in a town called Eunice, Eunice, Louisiana, just outside of Lafayette, uh, middle of nowhere. Had, had some of the best gumbo I ever had there. That's an aside. Real good food down there, but middle of nowhere. And I remember before we launched in the weekend event, we uh, uh, did what they had, what they called a school assembly. You know, the, the town is so small, they invited us to come and do school assembly. We got to preach the gospel in this school. Uh, and so we were doing this school assembly in this general area uh, where the students came. Uh, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, all these folks came. About 100 or so kids coming. And I remember thinking the whole time, like, man... Dude, I'm excited to be here, but at the same time, I'm kind of not. Because knowing the context of that place, it, you know, was heavy, um, you know, uh, what I like to call nominally Catholic, essentially, right? Uh, meaning this, that, you know, Catholicism was in the roots of the community, but uh, no one really, you know, was walking with God. You know, it was just something that they did. You know, they'd go to an Easter service and, you know, they would uh, get right. You know, right before Fat Tuesday and Mardi Gras, you know, turn up, Mardi Gras on, and then, you know, wait till next year to get right again. Um, and so that was where we were at. And, uh, and so I remember the kids coming off, you know, the bus, and we're hanging out with them, and the kids seemed disinterested, didn't want to be there. Well, we get into the chapel, and the leader of the ministry, he, uh, you know, he preaches about a six-minute message. I'll never forget it. Use, you know, as a little object lesson, really. He pulled out a, uh, you know, a little tape measure. I'll never forget it because it was a sports analogy that he used, right? He, uh, uh, he talked about uh, Carl Lewis in the 1992 Olympics uh, and uh, his Olympic record for the long jump, which was just under 29 feet, you know, something insane. So he pulls out a little tape measure, right, and he asks the crowd, hey, can, can anybody make this jump, man? Can anybody jump 29 feet? And, you know, and no, all the kids are like, no, ain't no way. And, uh, and he said, you know, just like Carl Lewis was the only one to ever do this, right? There's a jump that's greater than this. There's a great chasm, the Bible says, between us and God. And no one was a- is able to make that jump on their own but one, you know, Jesus, right? Something super easy. He even, Chris, he even used John 3.16, the most basic verse in all the scripture, you know, like just a, you know, simple, simple message, object lesson. And I remember we get ready for, you know, for um, uh, response time. And it was like we were at a Billy Graham crusade, man. The kids came down in droves, man. You know, folks wanted to get saved. Kids wanted to get saved. Kids wanted to rededicate their life. Kids wanted to lay down sin, man, and, and, and get right with God. It was, it was wild. It was one of those that I, it's hard to really explain, right? Unless you were there kind of things. Spirit of God was at work. It was insane. Insane. And we spent, you know, 20 to 30 minutes, man, counseling, walking through, man, and, and the Spirit of God did an amazing thing that day. And I remember leaving and thinking, man, th- this wasn't emotionalism. Man, this was truly a work of the Spirit of God. And as I was prepping, you know, for, for this week and, and thinking through the 21 days of prayer and fasting, I, I couldn't help but to think back to that time and think in this reality. That the same God that was there in Eunice, Louisiana, in 2012, is the same God that's here in 2022. Able to do, able to do the same thing. And again, I'm not talking about emotionalism. I'm talking about man, he, he is able to, to meet us where we are and ignite a fire in our heart and, and a passion, man, to, to want to live for him and want to be with him. He's able to do that. E- even though, man, life is crazy. Even though there's days, man, where, where we just want to stay curled up in the bed because of all the stuff we've got to face. He's still able, man, to ignite that fire. 
And so it couldn't help for me to think, man, do we really want for him to do that? Do you really want for, for God to shake you up and revive you? That's what it boils down to. Man, if so, man, let's ask for him. Man. Let's, let's, let's ask for him to do so. Let's seek his face. And ask for him to do a new thing in our heart. And ask for him to bring revival, not just in our hearts, but in the hearts of those around us and in our community. Because he's able to do it. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of falling into the rut of my Christian life consisting of t- checking off lists. Christian life consists of consisting of, man, attending church every now and again. All the while spending no time with God during the week. Man, I I want this year to be a year, man, where I meet with the Lord, man, and and my heart burns for him. Just like those guys, man, whenever they're with Jesus on the road to Emmaus. I want my heart to burn for Jesus like that. And I want for our hearts, man, to burn for Jesus like that as well. Lord, bring revival in this place. Lord, bring revival in this city. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm going to ask for the band to come up. And listen, as the band comes up, those of you who are new with us, this is our time of response where we just seek the Lord on um, what he may have for us to do. The Bible says that we're called not just to be hearers of God's word, but doers of it. What that consists of is, is choosing to just get real. See what the Lord has for us. This morning, as we talk about revival, right, and and how revival begins and what we see in Ezekiel 37, maybe you're in here and the truth of the matter is you you may not know you need revival. The truth is all of us do, even the preacher. And we ought to have, have a heart for the Lord to do a new thing in our heart, grow us in here. Maybe you need to ask the Lord to help you to see the reality of the fact that you need revival. Maybe you're in here and there's stuff that's keeping you from experiencing revival. Like I mentioned earlier, maybe anger and bitterness has choked out your faith and you need to let that go. Maybe you're in here and it's, it's sin addiction that's keeps you from walking with God. Maybe your response is repentance. Maybe you're in here and you just need to ask for the Lord to give you faith to believe what he says. Help for you to understand that God doesn't live in a box that we've prepared. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever ask or think. And that includes doing a work in your life. Maybe you can ask for him to do that. Maybe you're in here and ask the Lord to help you to learn how to walk in the Spirit. Relying on the Spirit starts with us learning how to walk in the Spirit, which is choosing to die to self every single day. Come under God's control, His leadership. And as He leads, we go. 
Maybe you're in here and the truth of the matter is you don't need revival. You need regeneration, man. You need a new heart. The truth of the matter is you don't know Jesus, don't have a relationship with him. Your response ought to be to choose to turn from your sins and trust in you. The same Jesus that died, that we sing about and we've lifted up today is the same Jesus that wants to meet with you, wants to have a relationship with you. You can turn. It doesn't matter how far gone you feel. You can turn and trust him. I don't know where you are today, but I'm going to pray for us. Listen, as I pray, you do business with God. When I say amen, we're going to stand and sing. And and, uh, maybe if you need some additional prayer, I'll be down front. We'd love to pray with you. Brother Cody Clark, our ministers, he's in the back. Miss Megan Norman, our kids, ministers in the back as well. They'd love to pray with you. Maybe you need to get along with God and bow at the altar. We're going to to make the invitation, right? The the altar's open. Maybe you need to make your seat your altar and, and just get real with God. God, we ask that you do bring that revival fire Lord, in our hearts this new year. God, I ask that this year would that would consist of us living Christian lives out of a sheer love and hunger God for you God I pray Lord that we wouldn't settle for not just another year of nominal Christian living we check off a couple of boxes we check off the box of being a good parent check off the box of singing the right song Lord I pray Lord that it consists of a heart that's been revived Heart that's on fire. Lord, we want to spend time with you. Lord, we want to tell others about you. We want to teach our kids how to live for you. We want to encourage and be a part of community. Encourage the Bible. God, give us that fire. God, we ask for you to do a work like you did in Ezekiel 37. Lord, as we know that you're able to do. Continue to be with us today. Continue to move. God, we ask these things all in your gracious and heavenly name. Amen.